0: Today, we see the culmination of Joseph's scheme as the brothers return to Egypt and try to secure the release of their youngest brother, Benjamin, on The Bible Brief. (laughs) Dread. Dread was the feeling of the brothers in that moment that the silver cup was found. And not just found in one of the brothers' sacks, It was found in the special brother's sack. It was found in Benjamin's. Benjamin was their father's favorite. Well, he was the new favorite after what had happened to Joseph. After they had sold Joseph into slavery and deceived their father about his fate. They knew that God was judging them for what they'd done to Joseph. And now Benjamin was being taken, taken by that servant, back to the prime minister to live a life of servanthood in Egypt. And all they could do was feel dread. Dread about Benjamin's future. Dread about the Prime Minister's anger. But most of all, dread to go back to their father Jacob without Benjamin. But among the brothers, there was one perhaps who felt this in the most acute fashion. Judah. Judah was the one who had the idea to sell Joseph to the passing traders 22 years earlier. And it was Judah that gave himself as security to his father for Benjamin's life. He'd told Jacob that he alone would bear the blame if something happened to Benjamin on their trip to Egypt. And now something had happened. As the brothers turn their caravan around to go back to Egypt to plea for Benjamin, it's Judah who's going to face perhaps his greatest test. Will he truly go to bat for his brother? Or will he find a sneaky way to leave Benjamin while feigning attempts at his release? Will he try some sort of deceit, as is the custom in his family? Would he try to make a false pledge to the prime minister, like the son he'd pledged but never given to his daughter-in-law, Tamar? What was Judah going to do? But even more, what is Joseph going to do with this scheme of his that continues to develop? Let's continue reading in Genesis chapter 44, starting in verse 15. When Judah and his brothers came to the prime minister's house, he was still there. They fell before Joseph to the ground, and Joseph said to them, What deed is this that you have done? Did you not know that a man like me can indeed practice divination and can know the future? Now, immediately you can tell Joseph here is trying to play up his apparent Egyptian divination abilities when he's actually set the whole event up. He's not so much knowing the future via divination— as he's actually causing the future through planted evidence. Let's keep listening. And Judah said to him, What shall we say to my Lord? And what shall we speak? Or how can we clear ourselves? God has found out the guilt of your servants. Behold, we are my Lord's servants, both we and also in whose hand the cup has been found. But Joseph said, Far be it from me that I should do so. Only the man in whose hand the cup was found shall be my servant. But as for you go up in peace to your father. Now notice what Judah says here to Joseph. He says something from the heart. He says that God has found out the guilt of your servants. But isn't that off? They hadn't actually stolen anything from Joseph. Not the money, not the silver cup, and yet Judah says that their guilt has been found out by God. We get the sense that Judah may not be speaking about the money or the silver cup at all. Instead, he's speaking of something bigger, something that he had instigated 22 years before. He believes that they are finally being judged for their sin against Joseph. And after this initial statement to Joseph, Judah actually approaches Joseph even closer to continue this speech spoken from the heart. A speech full of regret for the past, love for a father, and care for his family words perhaps surprising coming from the mouth of judah then judah went up to joseph and said "O my lord please let your servant speak a word in my lord's ears and let not your anger burn against your servant for you are like pharaoh himself my lord asked his servants saying have you a father or a brother and we said to my lord we have a father an old man and a young brother the child of his old age His brother is dead, and he alone is left of his mother's children, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, Bring him down to me, that I may set my eyes on him. We said to my lord, The boy cannot leave his father, for if he should leave his father, his father would die. And then you said to your servants, Unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you shall not see my face again. When we went back to your servant my father, we told him the words of my lord, And when our father said, Go again and buy us a little food, we said, We cannot go down. If our youngest brother goes with us, then we will go down. For we cannot see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Then your servant my father said to us, You know that my wife bore me two sons. One left me, and I said, Surely he has been torn to pieces, and I have never seen him since. If you take this one from me also, and harm happens to him, You will bring my gray hairs and evil to Sheol, to the place of the dead. Now, therefore, as soon as I come to your servant my father, and the boy is not with us, then as his life is bound up in the boy's life, as soon as he sees that the boy is not with us, he will die, and your servants will bring the gray hairs of your servant our father with sorrow to Sheol. Imagine Joseph hearing Judah's words about his father. Joseph is just now learning of the grief that his father continues to experience at the thought of losing another one of his sons. He'd already lost Joseph, and at the prospect of losing Benjamin, their father said he would die. It's not lost on Joseph how much his father has missed him since his presumed death, and he was probably beginning to feel a pang of regret in his mind that he hadn't revealed himself to his brothers upon their first meeting in Egypt. Instead, he'd deceived them and caused their father more grief. And what's more, Joseph was hearing about this from his brother. He was hearing the man who had persuaded the brothers to sell Joseph in the first place. Judah is making a speech on behalf of Benjamin, a speech that Judah should have made for Joseph two decades prior. Joseph is probably awestruck at the speech of Judah, But what Judah says next is perhaps the most affecting words of all. Judah says this, I became a pledge of safety for the boy to my father, saying, If I do not bring him back to you, then I shall bear the blame before my father all my life. Now therefore, please let me remain instead of the boy as a servant to my Lord, and let the boy go back with his brothers. For how can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? I fear to see the evil that would find my father. The one responsible for formerly enslaving his brother offers now to be enslaved in his brother's place. Judah offers to be a substitute for Benjamin, and not for his own sake, but for the sake of their father Jacob. For the first time in the story of Joseph and Judah, we see the evidence of true transformation in the life of Judah. A transformation from self-serving, profit, and deceit in selling Joseph 22 years ago. A transformation from fear, lust, and unrighteousness in his dealings with Tamar. A transformation that's taken him from a man for himself into a man for others. Judah has offered his own life for the sake of his brother, Benjamin, and his father, Jacob. And he's just spoken all this to the prime minister of Egypt, one of the most powerful people in the world, a man who could have killed him with the snap of his fingers while taking all the brothers and forcing all of them to hard labor for the rest of their days. Judah has cast himself at the mercy of another, a man they've known to be harsh and demanding. And yet, in the moment of Judah offering himself as a substitute, this powerful man of Egypt is reduced. Reduced from his position as prime minister to the Hebrew estranged from his family and his father. Reduced from perhaps 22 years of built up desire for vengeance. Reduced from the fear that threatened to invade every step away from the protection of his family and land. All of those things that had happened to him became small. The sale into slavery, the false accusations of assault, the years in prison, the elevation to prime minister, all of those fled from his mind. And the family and the father, who he'd tried to forget for years, flooded his senses and overwhelmed his emotions. In this final speech from transformed Judah, Joseph was broken. And we read this. Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. He cried, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. This was no small cry that Joseph had. He wept so loudly that the city heard it all the way to Pharaoh's household. A weeping that had perhaps been building up over decades of being alone in a foreign land. A weeping for the joy at his brothers, a weeping of hope to see his elderly father. Joseph simply wept in front of his surely bewildered brothers. Joseph controlled the empire of Egypt, but in this moment of joy and grief, he couldn't control himself. And Joseph said to his brothers, "'I am Joseph. Is my father still alive?' And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not tarry. You must tell my father of all my honor in Egypt and of all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Then Joseph fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept on his neck. And Joseph kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. After that, his brothers talked with him. That prior night, the brothers had enjoyed an honored meal with the prime minister of Egypt. A night they surely thought they would never forget. And yet it was this night that would be burned into their minds, because it was on this day that a brother even they presumed dead was alive indeed. Alive with a wisdom of perspective that would echo for generations. A perspective that said, It was not you who sent me here, but God. Joseph understood that evil plans and evil actions by some jealous brothers don't get in the way of God's plan. Those free choices simply become a part of God's great plan to save. Join us next time as we see the great reunion of an elderly father with a long-lost son as Jacob moves. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023.